Welcome to episode three of the Half Point Per Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie and producer, Johnny Pham. We have two ranking shows in the books, so today we thought it would make a lot of sense and be a lot of fun for that matter to jump into a mock draft. We'll be joined later on by friend of the show and league mate, Eli Berry. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Half Point Per Pod. I promise our account will not get suspended in the event of verified Twitter accounts being suspended. Dalton, you ready for the mock draft? How's it going? I'm doing good right now. I was happy to see that Twitter hasn't responded to my numerous attempts to verify our account. So we were able to keep on rolling through this little verification and suspension on the on the Twitters. Johnny, is this going to be your your first mock draft, second mock draft? You haven't done many. Uh, I think it'll be my third or fourth mock draft. Oh, you've been getting some reps in then. I did get some reps in. um, The other practice mock we did the other day where I got 96 kind of got me uh, overfloating my head thinking, oh, I'm kind of good at this mock drafting by getting like a really good score. So I've just been practicing in preparation of this day. Okay. We call that being uh, being a ranking slave. Um, Yes. Around here, Johnny. If if I'm told I got an A, I will accept that. Before we get to that, though, we are going to start this episode with a couple of buy or sell questions. But we kind of agreed that sometimes instead of just thinking about these things as far as where are guys ranked just in that context, it's helpful to talk about the actual numbers. And so we're going to be doing that at the beginning of these shows, at least for the next couple of weeks, just to kind of paint a bigger picture for some of these players. It's a good way to talk about some of the guys that that we haven't really discussed a whole lot yet. And, and all of these lines are from my bookie maybe a future sponsor of the show not gonna say for sure but maybe has been a recipient of a couple of bets wagered by unspecified members of this podcast um we're gonna start we're gonna start with uh with the top player probably uh, on the the buy or sell questions alvin kamara buy or sell over 905 and a half rushing yards dalton I'm selling on this one. I love Alvin Kamara as a player, but I looked uh, looked it up and he's never hit over 905 rushing yards. He had 194 rushes two seasons ago, and that is when him and Ingram were splitting carries. And 883 rushing yards that season. Correct. And it's just the way he's used as a player that I don't think he's going to hit the over. He's a receiving back, um, and he's not really the greatest rusher in, a, in my surprise he only had a 68.2 rushing grade last year, according to PFF. Uh, where he really makes his money is he had the eighth most missed tackles on receptions. That's of running backs and wide receivers. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sell on this one and think he's gonna hit the under for 905 rushing yards on the season. Okay, so for me this is a buy. Here here's the case. Last year was the first post Mark Ingram year for for Kamara. Obviously he had the insane and efficient rookie season he had the 18 touchdown season um the year after that but last year was really supposed to be the okay this guy is maybe not the workhorse because i don't know if he's ever going to be a workhorse because that's just not really how he's used doesn't ever play that high of a snap count but we kind of figured he'd take on even an even bigger role um he only played 59 percent of the snaps last year that's compared to 62 percent of the snaps in ingram's last year i don't think that you should put any any stock in that other than to say that I think it's the health issues uh, first and foremost that caused that last year. I think there's a pretty good chance if he's healthy last year that he probably plays a higher percentage of the snaps, probably sees more touches. I mean, he averaged just over 12 carries a game last year, which I mean, not by much, but was down almost a whole carry per game is like 0.8 carries um, from the previous year. 
So I would just be surprised if his true role post Mark Ingram isn't isn't a more elevated role in the running game. I agree with you that I think what makes him a great player is the passing game stuff, how, how great he is in the open field, and especially Breeze. We talked about he's a guy that likes to dump it down. Kamara is a guy that can make a lot happen in those situations. So I do think that's what makes him a special player. But I'm just going to chalk up last year the lack of efficiency uh, just all of that stuff to to the injury, quite honestly. I think you're going to see um, Kamara better than ever this year. I'm taking the over because I feel like he's going to be more in the 210, the 220 range uh, for carries as opposed to 170, the 190. And I think that's enough to, I mean, he's been close. I think that's enough to push him over. Not by much, but I could see him pushing 950 to 1,000 this year. Not worried about big dog Latavius Murray stealing <laughs> away some of those carries? <laughs> yeah, I know that's what you thought when you drafted him last year, but I think Murray only played like 30-something percent of the snaps. I don't have it in front, maybe 42, but I think once Kamara is his fully healthy self, that'll go down. Because I was actually surprised just kind of looking at the snap shares. Ingram only played 36% of the snaps his last year there. It just felt like a lot more because I feel like every time he was on the field, he probably was getting the ball then. So I, I I think Murray's playing time will actually probably go down, if anything, this year. I did not think Ingram would play that few snaps this last year there. That's surprising. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, we, we can move on to the next guy here, almost equally as explosive, quite frankly, and, and Marquise Brown, um, Hollywood Brown with the Baltimore Ravens. Dalton, over, under, 849.5. That's the line. Are you buying the over on those receiving yards for Hollywood Brown? Oh, I'm buying this, and I'm hammering it. It is Black Friday at the stock market. I'm buying every stock I can, expecting a rebound. This guy, <laughs> when he was healthy, had 134.4 passer rating when targeted. It's the highest in the NFL. He only played under 60% of his team's snaps, and he still had 65 targets and 550 yards. There is no competition. I think Miles Boykin is the second wide receiver on that team. And other than that, you have the tight end situation with Mark Andrews. But Hollywood Brown really showed us what he can do when he's fully healthy. I know he came off an ankle injury for most of the season. But in the playoffs, he had seven receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown. The guy is an absolute monster. Lamar Jackson's going to feed him. And most importantly, I think he's one of the few guys that you're going to see move into that elite tier this season in the NFL. I think I moved him up about five spots in my rankings recently, actually, after doing a little more research on the guy. So I'm taking over and I'm buying that for 849 yards. Yeah, well, and you mentioned the I'm taking the over. I'm buying that, by the way. I'm I'm buying the over there. You mentioned just the the snap share that he played last year, the snap percent. In his first game, he played, I don't have the exact number. I think it was like 15%. I know it was under 20% of the snaps, and he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Not that he's going to do that all the time, but I mean, that just shows you how special of a talent he is. When you look back to last year, though, I mean, everybody knew that he probably wasn't going to be healthy at all, like the whole year last year. He came into the NFL um, fresh off the the list Frank injury, the, the foot injury, which is the, the Cam Newton injury. Everybody knew it was going to be an issue all season. He played all year with a screw in his foot, had that removed in late February. So you've got to assume that is going to help if you just look up the injury it, it says that it can take a year to to like be fully healed and that varies so i think we can at least guess that he probably was never healthy last year on top of the other things that he dealt just like the ankle just other things he dealt with just the foot and, and then 
the other thing I look at is Lamar Jackson was ranked 26th in, in passing attempts last year. Not that we ever expect the ideal Ravens offense to be much higher as far as attempts, but he had all of that working against them last year, and he was still 584 yards and seven touchdowns in just 14 games. So if you if you put that on a 16-game mark, that's almost 700 yards, like 667. Number one, I'm banking on him being healthy entering this year. This will be the first time he's been healthy in almost two years because he got hurt in the conference championship game in college. So it'll be like over a year and a half of not being healthy. Number two, I just really, really like the player electric talent i mean he's not as good as tyree kill but they're very they're similar players and the way that they're used and the efficiency he's one of those guys that kind of breaks your brain when it comes to how many touchdowns he could have compared to how many targets how many receptions that kind of thing and then number three i think we both expect the ravens although they're obviously going to rely on the ground the ground game they're going to be a high-powered rushing team anytime Lamar Jackson's your quarterback. But I think we both expect that part to just take a little bit of a step back this year, whether just efficiency-wise, all of that. I think they might have to rely on passing the ball just a little bit more. I don't think Lamar is going to be below guys like Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones in pass attempts for, for a season this year, like he was last year. And you mentioned it outside of Mark Andrews, there's really nobody else who jumps off the page as anything more than just a guy on that roster. So I'm with you. I, I, I think the over, and he's a guy who I could easily see really exceeding expectations this year. Well, just jumping into it from a fantasy perspective real quick. That's I know what we that- do here. This year's darling is Calvin Ridley. He's this year's Chris Godwin. Uh, You're getting Calvin Ridley in the third, early fourth rounds. Marquise Brown is a guy that's falling in the fifth and sixth rounds. And if you're looking for a sleeper darling, I could see Marquise Brown finishing with a better season than Calvin Ridley. He just has less competition for it. And I think the Ravens defense, like you said, takes a step back and they can't rely on that ground game to be as efficient as it was. So if you're looking for a later guy, I think he's one of the people who could really come out to be a wide receiver one for your team. Yeah, and then one thing I didn't mention just as far as the the passing volume, I mean, they were 14-2 and last year. So it's like you, at the very least, no matter how good you think they're going to be this year, you don't ever expect a team in the NFL to win that many games. So if you're not winning as many games, maybe you're behind a little bit more often. Just just things of that nature, I would expect the the passing to go up. But on on from there to a guy who doesn't necessarily get the volume but has been an a, a very good player the last couple of years has breakout year last year and Kenny Galladay, the over under for him for receptions is set at 69.5 Dalton. Are you buying the over for Kenny Galladay? So can he get the 70 receptions? We're talking about baby Tron here and I'm buying the 69.5 nice receptions on this guy. Last season he had 65 receptions And that was when he played about half the season with a horrendous supporting cast at quarterback. Uh, But he still ended up with 119 targets. Pro Football Focus said 4% of his targets were uncatchable. So at that point, you're already getting close to that 69.5 with him not playing with Matt Stafford. I think that number goes up significantly if Matt Stafford plays a full season. And more importantly, One thing that really stands out when you look at Kenny Galladay is how great he is at separation. He gets 2.9 yards of separation on his average target, and he's a guy that runs 16.7 routes on his average route. So he's getting down the field, but he's getting open down the field. And we know that Matt Stafford is a slinger. He has an arm. 
And last but not least, I think Kenny Galladay is going to get a full season with Marvin Jones. That's going to be incredibly important to him not seeing double and bracket coverages in the NFL. He's going to be a guy who's going to get those one-on-one matchups where he can really get past the DB. And at the end of the day, when you look at all those factors together, I think it's not going to be a problem for him to hit the over of 70 receptions. Yeah, so you mentioned the the separation. It's funny. He does get great separation, and he's also a guy who – when he doesn't have that separate, he, he, he doesn't need it, I guess, is what, what I'm getting at. He's a great jump ball guy. I mean, you mentioned Baby Tron, and he has that nickname for a reason. I mean, he can go up and snatch it. He, he's a big, tall, fast guy. We like that. This was actually probably my toughest decision, though. I'm going to buy, but barely. I mean, his career high is 70, so, so you're setting it. I mean, it's a little bit like Kamar, but you're setting it like right at right at his best season basically he's obviously not he's never been a high reception guy he, he's a big body go make plays catch a lot of touchdowns um type of guy to me but in the eight games that Stafford played last year he had 35 receptions so I mean on pace for exactly 70 in 16 games who knows what would have actually happened but it, it was it would have been close I think but I just think that he proved how good of a player he was last year and he'll probably be a bigger part of that offense and you mentioned that after Stafford went down and obviously, you know, carry on Johnson was gone. That, that team was just in shambles as somebody who, who owned Kenny Galladay last year for the last like five or six weeks. I mean, he, he finished as a top 10 wide receiver, but it was like, I didn't start him like multiple times. It, you just felt terrible about it because it was so boomer bust. And Stafford had played in 16 games, the previous like eight or nine seasons. I'm trying to count right now on my computer screen, but it's it's a lot. The guy has injuries, but he usually plays through them. So even if you don't get a full season out of Stafford, you wouldn't expect only eight games. So I, I'm going to buy, but it it's close for me. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, this is probably one of the closer ones we're looking at. Um, but I could see Kenny Galladay taking another leap forward kind of getting himself supplanted in that top tier of wide receivers going into the season. The other thing about, about him is even if he doesn't reach that, which 70 is not that high of a nut. If he has 65 receptions, if he does basically what he did last year, but it's like, he's the type of player that you could see a 15 touchdown season. I mean, he had 11 last year and he had, you know, what throw who was Jeff Driscoll throwing him the ball the last half of the season and whoever else they are rotating in there. I mean, he could very easily be a top, top 10, top eight guy and only have 65 catches. That's why this one was hard for me. But I think, um, Jeff Driscoll is definitely a subpar quarterback at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think future guests who love Florida that might be on for the draft later might disagree with how good Jeff Driscoll is. But uh, Kitty Galladay is going to play with an elite quarterback or at least a above average quarterback who's going to feed him the ball. And that's why he gets the name Babytron. And he's a guy who's going to make those contested catches in a division that's up for grabs. And I think the Lions could be competitive for. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Move on to the last guy here. Another receiver, another guy who I don't want to say made a name for himself, but really kind of made, made that step last year as a top 10 guy from a previously top top 20 or 30 guy. And Chris Goblin over under for receiving touchdowns is set at 8.5. Dalton, are you buying that Chris Goblin can catch nine touchdowns this year? I'm taking this prop. I'm going to GameStop and I'm getting 50% off what I paid for it and selling it. I do not see Chris Godwin repeating this and getting nine touchdowns on the season. Last year, he had nine. So last year, we saw what Chris Godwin can be. And I think last year might be close to his ceiling. Uh, And I'll give you a couple of reasons why. First, 
I think there's going to be a TD regression on that team in general. Uh, and here's why they have an older quarterback who we're just not going to see the same number of touchdowns from Jameis Winston for all he is, was a fantasy gold mine because he would put them in so many negative game script situations by throwing pick sixes and picks that they had to fly that ball out game after game. Tom Brady's not the guy last year. Tom Brady had 24 touchdowns. Jameis had 30. So at that point, you're already looking at a differential of six. It's not good when it comes to J- J- Jameis actually had 33 touchdowns. He just threw so many interceptions. You thought the 30 interceptions was the 30 touchdowns. Sorry, I didn't get the net right. He had 33. <laughs> so we're at a difference of nine. I see Tom Brady as somebody who's going to rely on the ground game in that as well. Um, but more importantly, you're going to be tying that production to an older quarterback who is more go- is going to be prone to injury. And so there's just more likelihood of it not working out. And last but not least, those six touchdowns of the nine he had last season came in the five, first five games. It's not a pretty look when defenses started keying in on Chris Godwin. He wasn't getting the same touchdowns. When you go to the tail end of the season, Rashad Perriman was outperforming him when Mike Evans wasn't there. So I don't know if Chris Godwin's going to have what it takes to get to nine touchdowns. And that's a high number at the end of the day. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy looking at five or six on the season. He's going to play out of the slot, but I see them playing it more efficiently, slowing the game down and running the ball and just not getting the same volume he had with Jameis at the end of the day. Well, right. I mean, when you think of God, when you think of a slot receiver, you think of a guy that with Tom Brady, I mean, not to say that they're really that similar of player, but you think slot receiver, you think, oh, he could be the Julian Edelman in this offense. And if he's the Edelman, then, you know, Edelman's five or six touchdowns most years. I mean, he's 100 catches. Goblin's probably not going to be that, but five or six touchdowns most years. I am also selling this. As you mentioned, he had nine last year. Mike Evans had eight. I would be very surprised if he has more touchdowns than Mike Evans again this year. And also, I generally don't like the too many mouths to feed argument, and that's not necessarily what I mean here, but just you look at their personnel. You know, Mike Evans, you think of as a touchdown maker, even though he actually hasn't had a double-digit touchdown season for a couple of years, but I, I would I would say he's a better touchdown guy than, than Chris Coblin. And then obviously you have Gronk. We all know what Gronk's going to be, but you have that potential. And then O.J. Howard's still there. So it's like you've got guys who I think are probably going to be the preferred red zone um, target. I was a little surprised just in kind of digging into the, to the numbers a little bit on this one. Jameis threw 626 passes, which was tied for most in the league. We, you know, I think everybody thinks and assumes, and I think rightfully so, that the volume is going to be down this year. Tom Brady actually threw 613 passes last year. So I do think they really are going to chuck it. But for me, I, I am a big Ronald Jones believer. I say big, not that I'm taking him like super high, but he had six rushing touchdowns last year. It's like, could I see him see that number going to 10? Yeah, absolutely. I can see that number being 10. Um, Goblin didn't rank in the top 30 in weighted opportunity rating you're gonna have to stick with me on this one it's abbreviated w-o-p-r um not even gonna try and say what pronounce what that actually would be but weighted opportunity rating which looks at a combination of target share and air yards and passing offenses to predict fantasy points so basically he didn't even rank in the top 30 in that but was a top 10 wide receiver so that tells you that he overperformed last year and that's just Not to say he can't do that again, because when guys are great players, they do that consistently. But that's just a tough thing to predict year in and year out. Absolutely. And I agree with everything you said. I do know that Tom Brady and Jameis are pretty equal when it comes to pass attempts. 
I think the big difference is Tom Brady's pass attempts are dink and dunkers. I just looked it up out of curiosity, and Julian Edelman never had a nine-touchdown season, even with Tom Brady. And so if you, Godwin's playing a similar role, probably a little more athletically talented, a little younger than when we got prime Edelman. But at the end of the day, he might end up with you know, 70, 80 receptions and a low level of touchdowns just because of how Tom Brady likes to run his offenses. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm with you there. Um, well, that's gonna do it for buy and sell, or buy or sell. Excuse me. I think that was a pretty useful exercise, honestly. I know it was fun just kind of being able to talk through some of those guys. We'll we'll have more. There's a million NFL props. Um, I know Baker Mayfield was one who just missed the cut this week. Maybe we'll get to him in a future episode. Just felt a little too fresh with Odell Beckham being being so recent last week. But Trash. we will be <laughs> we will be right back with with our buddy Eli. For, for this mock draft after this. Welcome back to the Half Point Per Podcast, and we are joined, very excited, for our first time ever. We have a guest on the show, Mr. Eli Beery. Eli, I hope you are staying safe and healthy on the West Coast. Really appreciate you being on, man. How's it going? Oh, man, it's great. Thanks for having me. You said first guest ever? Yeah, yeah, first guest ever. Well, only That's three episodes awesome. in, so you're first to, guest. I, think I'm gonna have, whoo, I mean, I've been listening, but I didn't know if somebody got snuck in there at one point. Either way, I think I got bragging rights over some of the other guys in the league. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to do a, a mock draft here in just a minute. Eli, is this – I know you've mentioned you've done a couple of mocks. So is this like your first handful? Have you done like like 10? Like give me a number. What are we working with here? Uh, let's see. I did like two last week. Messed around with different orders, all that. Uh, all pretty much the same format. Half PPR, uh, one mm-hmm. flex. So – just getting prepped for the season, you know, the big leagues. We got, I got a repeat of performance that I, I laid down last year, and I got to beat you this time. <laughs> These other two guys, Johnny and Paul, they don't know what it's like to be in the, the elite echelon of play, but I, I got to beat you this year, Evan. Yeah, not, not yet. They, they don't quite know what it's like to be, be with the big boys yet, but they'll get there. Um, so is there, is there any player, like, it, like as, as you've done your first couple of mocks, any player that has kind of stood out to you as, as someone that, that you that you that just like having on your team, like outside of like the top top guys, when you see that guy pop up on your mod craft, you're like, "Yep, I want that guy." Anybody like that for you, or is it still too early? Um, you know, just because I've been bouncing around a lot in the first, second rounds, um, there's nobody that I'm like, "Oh, I got to get that every time." I've been trying different combinations of like, you know, running back heavy at the beginning, putting in a wide receiver there, at, you know, in the second round. Typically, I go pretty running back strong just to start things off with. I'd say the one guy deep later on that I've been looking at is uh waller i mean i had waller last year uh i just love the way he ended things out there was just so many games where yeah maybe you know he had a couple games where his floor was like three points or six points and that was no fun but more often than not to get a tight end that can go off and give you 18 to 20 points uh and i want to say that like he ended up third in ppr that was just it was exciting and i think he's a monster so well, if you, you end up with tight ends with a floor of, you know, three, four, five points, I mean, that that's some guys' ceilings at tight end who are like tight end, like 18. So you take right. that, you take that any day of the week. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and just get started here. So it'll be the four of us in, in this mock. So Johnny has the second pick. He is up first out of all of the, the users. Number one, uh, Christian McCaffrey, no surprises. Number two, Johnny, I'm assuming you're looking at Saquon Barkley, but I don't know you're unpredictable, bud. Never know what you're going to do. Uh, I think I'm going to be pretty predictable here and going with Saquon right now. All right, so Johnny is taking Saquon Barkley at number two. So you want to enlighten us on that tough decision? 
That was hard. It was hard. It was, it was in the air. And, and so Ezekiel Elliott and, and Michael Thomas go three and four um, in this half point mock. So oh, let's see. So number five, this is where I am on the clock. And I think I picked number five. So we all picked our draft slots so we could be at different parts of the draft. But also I kind of like being at that fifth spot just because if it's all running backs, the first four, then you're looking at Michael Thomas. If not, then you're probably looking at Alvin Kamara. As we've already talked about him on the show, you guys all know that I like Alvin Kamara a lot. So that's who I'm going with at number five. All righty, Eli. On the clock, we had Tyree Kill and Devontae wow. Adams go with the next two picks. Man, I tell you, I was bracing myself to try to maybe reach for a running back that was going to get a like, solid workload, but I really don't have to. I'm pretty surprised here. So Dalvin Cook's on the board. I just don't see a world in which I, I skip that at eight. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, there's obviously the risk, but, you know, right now, nothing has really happened yet. So I don't, I mean, it makes your team look great on the draft board. Take Dalvin Cook at eight. That's already a, already a win right there. That's just too valuable a player, just to not, even with a light risk. And I, I don't see it being the same situation last year. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's proven that he's a stud. So, mm-hmm. so then we had um, Derrick Henry go at number nine. My guy, Josh Jacobs, at number 10 overall. Um, Dalton up at number 11. Dalton, you specifically wanted to be near the turn, so I'm curious to see what you're going to do these next couple of picks. Well, to be honest with you, I feel pretty successful sitting here at the turn. A guy who I have as my RB5, probably one of the top guys I want to end up with in drafts, Joe Mixon, is still sitting there. So he's definitely going to be my first pick off the board. He's in a new and improved Bengals offense. He showed some flashes of what he's possible of even last year behind it putrid offensive line and a putrid offense i'm going to take joe mixon and i think he's a workhorse who can really turn your team around and turn it on as an rb1 mm-hmm. i agree with you i hope that in drafts that we do together we don't both end up on the turn because i'm probably looking at a similar target if i'm if i'm in that range so we shall see how that goes so in go ahead eli if you don't mind me button in here i honestly i was coming i was kind of coming to grips with maybe even taking him at eight and i know that seems wild mm-hmm. but like Joe Mixon's so talented, and you got to look at, like, they haven't added anything new to that backfield in years, and Giovanni Bernard's the biggest threat, and he's a guy you mix in occasionally. So mm-hmm. I think he's a Well, and, and outside of the Browns, I mean, that offensive line was, like, as bad as it gets last year. So I think you saw probably, like, the absolute floor for a healthy season out of Joe Mixon last year. Um, next two picks for Julio Jones and Kenyon Drake. Tough break, Dalton. I, I bet you Kenyon Drake was probably a target for you at at number 14 overall right there. So who are you going with? You're looking at probably Nick Chubb, DeAndre Hopkins. You could go Travis Kelsey, get get that tight end. What are we thinking here? My heart's broken. <laughs> I wanted Kenyon Drake. Really thought I, I like drafting at the turn because I really feel like you can get Drake in the early second round. So user 12, uh, we're fighting. Um, <laughs> user 12. <laughs> but... uh it's so hard at this point to consider even taking a wide receiver with the way the late, the, the draft works out in the later rounds. Um, but there's a workhorse sitting there. I know there's concerns about whether or not he's going to get the same usage with Kareem Hunt having a full season. But Nick Chubb's still a guy who can prove it on the ground, and he's in a new offensive line, and Kevin Stefanski is going to treat him well. So I'm going to take Nick Chubb at this point. I just want to see how many consecutive podcasts we can mention Kevin Stefanski's name. Because we are currently at all three, and I I feel like we're gonna get at least fifty in before we before we break uh, that streak. I mean, just make sure Odell Beckham Jr. underperforms 
Juju, and I will let Kevin Stefanski's name be all over this pod. <laughs> but you mentioned Chubb as the workhorse. Um, he actually, after Hunt came back, those last eight games, he was second in the NFL in carries, but only had two touchdowns. So you got to expect that that is probably not going to happen for too many eight-game stretches for Nick Chubb, so I like the pick. All right, and who are we looking at next? I think we're back around the Eli. So we did have Miles Sanders go off the board. Travis Kelsey is gone. So that tight end, probably not looking tight end anymore if you would have been. So DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Goblin are kind of the top two guys, at least according to fantasy pros on the board. Eli, who are we looking at here? Well, I tend to agree with all that. And, and typically I, I go pretty running back heavy just at the beginning, just because I, I look more at consistency and floor when I'm drafting my, like my pieces. I'm going to toss up here between Aaron Jones and Eckler. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. I don't know. I love Eckler, and I think he's even a great runner, even as a single back, not even necessarily like a zone runner. You know, a guy can eat yards. Um, but I know for sure, no matter what the situation in Green Bay is, no matter who's quarterbacking, they got to run the ball. And Aaron Jones is elusive, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, absolutely. Even if those touchdowns do kind of come back to earth a little bit, Aaron Jones in the second round. I mean, he was RB3 last year. So even if you get... 75% of that season. That's still a great season, a great value in the second round. I have to laugh that you mentioned that you like taking running backs. I think if you could take running backs in the first 10 rounds of, of a draft, you would. Um, just in my experience of drafting with you the last couple of years. Oh, man, I stockpile those bad boys. But I think by <laughs> year, yeah, you can leverage them in trades. You know, you never know. You could take Duke Johnson in the ninth and end up getting Melvin <laughs> Gore too. So I feel like that's a shot. That's, well, that's, I joke. Yeah, that's a direct shot, but... <laughs> They just carry a little value, especially the ones that got you know that PPR upside. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, I'm back around here at the 20th overall pick. Usually in this spot in the draft, Kenny Galladay is usually like the top guy that's there. So I thought that was going to be who I end up with, but DeAndre Hopkins is still sitting there. And you know, for me, I know we had this conversation last week, but I look at a guy if I can get a running back who I could realistically make an argument as the rb1 and a wide receiver who you can realistically make the argument as the wide receiver one with my first two picks i'm gonna do that and we're kind of to the point where that running back run has kind of ended there's not really anybody else in that tier i think the next guy in the rankings is clyde edwards hilaire and even though I i love him taking him in the second round is still a little rich for me when there's all of these great receivers still available. So I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins with my pick. And that is going to bring us back around to Johnny. That was gross, Evan. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Evan kind of teed it up perfectly for me. I'm kind of glad Kenny Galladay. I thought Kenny Galladay was going to get auto-drafted by someone here, but I'm uh, I'm going to take him in the second, late second. Yeah, I'd say, you know, we talked about Galladay earlier. Even if the receptions are low, those touchdowns are probably going to be high, and that's that's good value at, at this point in the draft, uh, I would say. And then, Johnny, back around to you. So let me go back and take a look and see if anybody too notable. So we did have – okay, that's why I was curious. We did have Lamar Jackson. He went the pick before my DeAndre Hopkins pick. So so pretty early on, wow. Lamar, you're looking at mid, mid-second round. Uh, Cooper Cup right before Johnny, so I guess that's why Galladay dropped. You had Cup going before Galladay, a little bit surprising. Uh, Learn Fournette, last pick of the second round, that is disgusting. And, and then DJ Moore to start off the third. So Johnny, you're back on the clock. You could take Mahomes here if you if you wanted to do that. See, I was thinking about either taking Mahomes, but I'd I'd probably say I'd be comfortable taking him more in like the fourth round. And I think with just previous season history with my tight end issues of 
having to pick up Jason Witten or just a tight end every single I think I had like Kyle Rudolph picked him off the waivers, dropped him, picked up Jason Witten. I thought I would just have a consistent tight end I can have week in and week out. And so you want a tight end who's not a corpse. Got it. Yes. Yeah, that can uh, have some more yak. Uh so I'm uh, I'm gonna go with George Kittle here. George Kittle. I like it. Get your position players out of the way so you can get a bunch of running backs by committee in the next few rounds. Huh, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's supposedly the plan. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so mid-third, I'm a little surprised Mahomes is still on the board, and that's tempting. I still think that's a little too early for me, but I don't know. Just kind of look. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is gone. I was really hoping that he was going to make it back to me in the mid-third, but he went between Johnny and I. I know Dalton would take Juju Smith-Schuster right here if he were drafting. Odell <laughs> is also still here. Oh, gosh. You know, I think just because in my experience of going two receivers in the first three picks, I kind of feel like I have to go running back here. And since it's not um, Edwards-Hilaire, I think I'm going to go Le'Veon Bell here. I don't love it, but I think Bell's due for a little bit of a bounce-back season. The efficiency god help us all has to go up <laughs> i think so uh, i'm taking bell and we're back around the eli you just pitched yourself loose. to the adam gase tent and i'm sorry that you're gonna have to watch another season of Le'Veon. well when you do it in the first or second round late first early second it feels a lot worse than the middle of the third round when you already have kamara you already have hopkins so even you know with kamara i feel pretty secure at running back and if i can lock down that running back too I feel like I can take advantage of a lot of the value receivers as we get into these middle rounds here. So shut up, Dalton. <laughs> what do you got, Eli? Let's, let's it's like I, I, I got a tough choice here because I almost feel like I got to pick an allegiance between friends. Yeah, uh, I got, yeah. I got Odell Juju here. I got Odell here. I got Gurley, which I don't – you know, I wouldn't mind if I had gotten guys that were less solid in the first and second. I was actually thinking about Gurley at this pick, and I figured he'd be here if I had to take like an Eckler or somebody that I you know, didn't know about workhorse potential. But I got my homes. I'm not going to take another running back. I love Thielen. I had him last year, but he he pissed me off every once in a while. <laughs> um, I do think that you're going to see a resurgence of the Odell Beckham talent. I don't think he's going to have a monster year necessarily, but I love the consistency of his floor. And I just don't see a world in which he, he teeters such low numbers again. So I'm going to go ahead and take it based on an athletic standpoint, Odell Beckham Jr. Wait, so you're on the Odell Beckham over Juju side. Yeah, I just officially Smart chose. On the record. Right, I just picked Odell. Um, I think Baker improves. I do like the the you know the new looks in. Oh, should I say Stefanski? Should we talk about him again? <laughs> Same uh, again. I don't know. I mean, he's a talented guy, and I think that they'll use him a lot of different ways. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, like if I can get a guy where I can count on him to get ten points every single week, and maybe that's not true every week, but like for the most part, if I can get ten points out of a receiver, I'm gonna go ahead and take that guy. Eli, I think if you say Stefanski three times fast, he'll show up behind you. Yeah, well, Dalton gets to make a wish. <laughs> All right, we've got Dalton up at the 11th pick of the third round. Let's take a look and see if, if Mahomes – yeah, Mahomes did finally go one pick before Dalton. I was actually really hoping he made it to Dalton to see if he'd be willing to pull the trigger because that's right around the range where I would probably do it at the end of the third at that point. But Dalton, what, what are we thinking here? I know Juju's still on the board, so that's probably where you're going, right? This is tough for me. It is. Uh, and this is not an indication of how I feel about Juju at all as a player. Uh, team Juju. But I'm salivating right now because my boy, my breakout candidate of the year, uh, James Conner, 
is still on the board. So it Ooh. looks like I'm just going to hold three of the starting backs in the AFC North at this point in Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and now James Conner. I'm going to take James Conner here because I think running back's more valuable positionally. I think Juju right. might outscore him. Uh, but since I only have two picks to wait, I'm really hoping Team 12 doesn't pull another fast one on me and pick Juju up in between. Oh, so you would take both Steelers guys? Easily. Okay, well, let's let's see if it happens. Nope, he's gone. gone. <laughs> team 12, man. <laughs> team 12. Uh, team 12 might have a better team at this point with Kenyon and Juju. Uh, <laughs> so we've got Gurley, we've got Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, if you're just talking about running backs uh, on the board here. You just went running backs so on maybe A.J. Brown, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, some of those guys. I mean, you've got good options here. I could have really used Juju looking at my team. <laughs> This is a tough one. It really, in my opinion, I don't want A.J. Brown as my wide receiver one. He's a big yak guy, big play guy. It scares me a lot. Um, same thing with Robert Woods. He's a very consistent player, but I talked about my my considerations of him on an earlier pod. Uh, so at the end of the day, I'm probably going to lean. I'm going to take Calvin Ridley. I think he's a guy that this year is in a great offense, a lot of targets up for share. And Matt Ryan plays 15 of his 16 games in a dome. Matt Ryan's a dome guy. And when Matt Ryan's in the dome, Calvin Ridley gets his too. Okay. Fair enough. Wow. Um, Thank Eli you for that dome fact. I really needed to know that <laughs> we're back around the Eli. Um, you talked about Gurley at your last pick as being somebody under consideration. He right. is still sitting there. Yeah. So, uh, the only thing about Gurley that I guess would be my one negative is play the saints twice a year and I, I don't say that just as a saints fan as much as like the the saints run defense is monstrous yeah, for sure. um, so i do actually love this spot because i figure there'd be some guys that like i could count on it as far as running back goes i'm gonna actually take david johnson um i don't know how he's gonna look with bill o'brien i don't know you know if he's gonna get the same like two, two years ago david johnson three years ago david johnson whatever but i do love the fact that he's got that ppr upside and Deshaun Watson is reliable in the back. You know? mm-hmm. So I can count on that at least that offense is going to move the ball, and he is going to be the uh, featured runner in that offense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, I'm up next here. I'm pretty disappointed. I thought Todd Gurley might make it back to me, which I never thought. I, he was my other guy I considered when I took Le'Veon Bell over a round ago. The thing with Gurley is that the injuries are very concerning, but the Falcon, I mean, Edo Smith is still the backup running back there. so. You've got to figure if Gurley's right, Gurley's getting the work. But too bad he won't be on my team. So I'm, I'm you know, still looking at Melvin Gordon. AJ Brown, this has got to be about the lowest I've seen AJ Brown in a draft. Usually don't end up with him just in doing my, the mocks I've done. And he's generally a guy that I am, at least compared to others, out on, I guess. But I don't know, for me, I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton here. I'm a believer in Denver in the sense that I, I think they're going to challenge for the playoffs. I think Sutton, you know, we talk about Galladay being being a big, fast guy who can make plays. That's kind of Cortland Sutton, too, just not quite as good. You know, I think Drew Locke maybe could have a breakout year this year, and, and Sutton's the, the number one guy there. So I, I like that pick. All right, Johnny. 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 All right. A lot of pressure now. I think I'm going to have to go RB, and I'm not sure if I want Jonathan Taylor. But, see, I'm, I'm up on an either Jonathan Taylor or Mark Ingram, and I, th- I think I might have to go Mark Ingram. I'm just going to go back and forth now. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. I think 
he'll have a more successful season than Mark Ingram. And I just really need a running back now. So let me get this straight. You're tying your running back to to a guy who's probably not going to start the season. I'm just clarifying for the group here. What? (laughs) The guy who you're choosing to be your RB2 probably is not going to be the starting back week one. That's what you're going to choose here? Yeah, yeah, no, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Well, the thing about Jonathan Taylor is he's, I mean, he's the ultimate swing for a championship pick, if we're being honest, because, I mean, he could easily be not for the season probably, but if he wins the job and he's kind of the workhorse guy there, you could be looking at a guy who's a top five to ten running back week in, week out, the the last six to eight weeks of the season. But also you could be looking at a guy who – plays a big role in starting you one and three, one and four. So it really depends on how well you can build your team, how well you can build around that and kind of survive what could be an early storm when you draft him. If anybody's swinging for a championship here, I don't know if it's Johnny. He's going to have a tough run with his team, it looks like, so far. I'd like to go on record and say I love the ADP conformance by Johnny, and I hope the team he drafts in our league this year. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) this is just a mock draft. We'll we'll be okay, all right? We're like – Months away or even weeks away from our you real got, you draft. You got Saquon. You got Saquon. You're fine. Yeah, this time. I'm not going to panic trade Saquon again. We're good. <laughs> Plenty of time. That's true. Uh, yeah, Johnny traded down from the number one overall pick. Could have had Saquon last year. Probably worked out um, uh, for the best, if we're being quite honest. But, okay, so we're through four rounds. Before Johnny goes uh, again to start the fifth, I, I want us just to kind of run through who we have so far. So right now I'm looking at Kamara, Le'Veon Bell at running back. Hopkins and Cortland Sutton at wide receiver. Dalton, who have your first four picks? I'm feeling really strong about this team, actually. I have Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Calvin Ridley as my wide receiver one, and James Conner as my flex. Feel great about running back. I think I'm going to start spinning out some picks on wide receivers at this point. All right. Uh, I, I don't love my wide receiver one. It's Odell. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that there's plenty to love about my uh, three running back stack. I'm flexing David Johnson, and I've got Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones there at the top. Uh, I'm expecting, you know, 12 to 18 points from all three of those guys week to week. And then Johnny? Um, I really like the running back, wide receiver, and tight end, especially like running back and tight end. I hate just having to go on the waiver and just picking up a new tight end every week. So I like that safe pick in the third. And Saquon's just he's gonna he's going to get his. He is probably going to get his indeed. Johnny, you're going to lead off the the fifth round here. Um, Some of the top guys you could be looking at, we've got Tyler Lockett. Of course, you have a tight end, so Zach Ertz would not be under consideration. Unless you want to go two tight end. I mean, you can flex him. You can do that. He can be a flex. I wouldn't advise it. He's top ADP, Johnny. (laughs) I wouldn't advise it. Um, Also looking at like DJ Shark. You were talking about Mark Ingram a few picks ago. You could still take him, kind of maybe have. You could maybe build an RB2 just out of Ingram early in the season and Taylor late in the season. Intriguing option. Johnny, what are we thinking here? Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to take Mark Ingram here because I'd rather load up on running backs now rather than trying to scramble and trade or go through the waiver wires. And I feel like my previous drafts in our leagues, I just rarely go with running backs this often or this many in the first five rounds. So I'm, I'm going with Mark Ingram. So three running backs in the first five. So I'm, I'm happy with Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. All right. So looking at my board here, um, Zach Ertz is gone. Lockett's gone. I like being in this position where through four rounds, you have two running backs and two receivers. It's not something that I necessarily try to do, 
but I like it when it happens because then you feel like that fifth round pick, you can kind of do whatever you want. If there's a quarterback there you like, you can do that. You can go, you can go tight end. You can, you know, whatever running back or receiver is your best available. You can go that direction. I, I think for me, DJ Shark is kind of the guy that stands out above the pack here. Dalton and I both mentioned him last week as a guy who could be a tear jumper. I mean, I don't love his quarterback throwing him the ball, but at the end of the day, I think he's a really talented guy, and I think he could have a big season in on a bad offense that's trying to come back in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. All righty, and we are back around the Eli. Eli is looking at a couple of intriguing young guys with McLaurin and Metcalf. I know you could maybe use a wide receiver. You've, you've also got Darren Waller, who you talked about earlier, so some good options there as well. Yeah, and absolutely. So this uh, this might seem a little crazy, but I am going to go ahead and probably reach for Waller uh, just because I'm not sure if I can get him eight picks from now. I mean, I think there's a good shot in most leagues, but I'm going to go ahead and take it. And then the other you know, thing that made me decide that is that when I look at the wide receivers that are around in this area, uh, I'm talking about my wide receiver too. I can look for guys that are going to get targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, And most of these targets are going to be pretty comparable from a lot of these guys mm-hmm. in this area. Well, and I like that you said that you might be able to wait for him, but you're just going to take him now. And I think that's just generally good advice. If you like a guy, if you're really sold on a guy, don't avoid him because he's not, he shouldn't be going that high. I mean, don't reach for a guy like a crazy reach, but at the end of the day, fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Take, take the guys that you want and, you know, you're going to be kicking yourself if you don't take the guy that you want and he goes right before you're up next. So I like the pick. I like the sentiment. Dalton. What you got for us? Well, I'm obviously looking wide receiver. Pretty upset. Scary Terry went one pick before me. There's a trend developing in this <laughs> fantasy draft. Uh, and then when, DK, when, 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 when we tweet this out, you're just going to say Team 12 is your team. Well, that was Team 10 this time. So oh, team, team 10 and Team 12 have really ganged up on me, and I'm in this middle of a sandwich I don't want to be a part of. Uh, but looking at what's available a lot of quarterbacks on the board we're in that round five six area where some guys start reaching for them i see devin singletary he's sitting there deandre swift and uh, kareem hunt would be a good handcuff but i'm actually going to drop down a little bit here we talked about him a little earlier but this is a guy that i really think could show off and showcase wide receiver one talents in an offense that's electric and that's marquise brown i'm my wide receiver too and he's definitely the guy i'm going to end up with here Okay, so we've had two picks, um, maybe guys that you would expect to see more in the early sixth, but two guys that Dalton and Eli both liked, and, and they took him. I like it. And then, Dalton, you are back up again. You're still looking at Dak Prescott, Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift. I mean, pretty much all the guys you mentioned, Kareem Hunt, they're all still there. Well, they can sit there. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to flip it around. I'm going to felt this roster. I talked about him on the first pod. I think this is a prime tight end breakout guy. I think if he plays 16 games, he's top three, top four, uh, and he's going to return on the value a lot. I'm going to draft Evan Ingram here and put my money where my mouth is. Okay. Okay. I like it. And for me, you know, it's funny. Tyler Higby's still sitting there as well. If he's there when I get back around, I I just don't I don't take tight ends this early. It, I just I just don't. So I we have different philosophies there. Eli, coming up here, you, Singletary still on the board. Swift, yeah. you can go quarterback at Russell Wilson. Yeah. Ooh. I'm great at running back right now. Um, the one that I was looking at was actually Marquise Brown, just because not necessarily that I think he's going to be a monster, but I love the like upside potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's somebody that like I don't mind going and hunting for other wide receivers down in there. So great pick by Dalton. So it's a little rough in here as far as wide receivers go. I got Jarvis Landry, but I already took ODB. 
uh, I think Boyd's talented, but I don't like the amount of time that uh, Joe Burrow has to prepare with all these guys. I'm going to go ahead and do something that I never do. I'm going to go ahead and reach for a quarterback, and I'm just going to take some guaranteed points. I'm going to get Russell Wilson. While I should take a talented receiver here, I do think that I can extend myself later on and find a guy that will get eight, nine targets a game when it's all said and done uh, here in a little while or even through the waiver wire. So I'm going to take Russ, and I'm going to guarantee myself 20 to 25 points that I look for out of the quarterback position week to week. Yeah, I, I like the pick. And if you didn't take him, I probably was going to take him because this is this is right around the spot that I don't mind taking quarterback because you if you have gone receivers and, and running backs, you can feel pretty secure about most of your lineup. You can take the guaranteed points, uh, like you said. So just looking at what we've got here, I mean, Singletary and Swift, both on the board, Deshaun Watson. I think I'm going to stick with Devin Singletary here. We can talk about him at some point. Um, on a later pod, but I, I do like him a lot. I think he has a lot of upside. I know there's a little bit of concern with Zach Moss. I think Moss will get his touches, but I'm not too worried. I mean, I don't think he's going to get more touches than Frank Gore got last year. And I think, you know, Singletary's not going to be a high touchdown guy, but I think he, you should see more than than what he had last year. And I just like the talent. I'm going to take David Singletary. He had those huge plays last year. And I just feel like guys that are, you know, guys that make huge plays, they've got talent no matter what their usage is. Mm-hmm. He, he's a lot like Kareem Hunt, just in, in the way yeah, he's great balance. Just every time you watch him, you, you see him take those hits and you think that, like, God, how is this guy still up? Like, how is he still still running? Like, how do he run through that linebacker? Like, he, he's, just, he's just a good player. All right, and we have got Johnny with second to last pick of the sixth round. Johnny, you've got your tight end. You've got receivers. You just missed on Deshaun Watson being on the board. But who are we looking at here in the sixth round? So I think I'm definitely looking at some wide receivers here. Need a wide receiver too. Uh, thinking about Jarvis Landry or Michael Gallup. I'm thinking about going Landry here and hoping I can scoop up Gallup at the top of the seventh. The better receiver on the team. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, and, awesome. Okay. Yep, Gallup, Gallup is still on the board, so we're going Gallup. I am. I, I just think he's – just such a good number two next to Amari Cooper. And then definitely in the offseason, he's been like working out with Amari Cooper, just trying to get as good as him. And I, I think he'll get a lot of targets this year. I think he ended up last year with like at least six touchdowns and at least eight targets a game. And I'm hoping he'll get at least like, hopefully like nine or 10 targets. And then definitely Dax trying to get, get a better contract. So he's just going to be showing out next year. And I think Gallup's going to be receiving a lot of it. All right, so back around to me. Tyler Boyd's still sitting there. I'm with Eli. I'm not really a big fan of taking a receiver in, in that offense. Just with the unknown of Burrow and just also A.J. Green, who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back, if he plays, all of that stuff. I think the pick here is pretty clear. We have a lot of receivers, and we have one running back. And my God, you want to talk about the all-time risk when it comes to running back. But I'm going to take Darius guys and. Yes. Under under most circumstances, I would be a little hesitant, but looking at my team, he'd be my running back four. So if he flames out, he flames out. It, do, it it hurts, but I'm not losing the starter. And if he actually does hit, which I mean, I I think he was a talented guy coming out of college. If if he does hit, I mean, you get a guy like that this late in the draft, that that's a big time game changer. And that's also my fourth running back. So I feel like I really have the freedom to kind of shop around wherever uh, these next couple of picks. I feel pretty good at running back at this point. I like right. that a lot. Geis is the, he's, he's just always like competent, I guess when he's healthy. 
Yeah, yeah. The the big thing with him is health, but if he can stay healthy, that I think he he's a talented player. Back around the Eli, I mean, you're looking, you go tight in with Hunter Henry. You've got a whole slew of receivers, like you kind of mentioned earlier, that are available here. Um, Damien Williams, an intriguing guy, still on the board. So still some good options here. We haven't really kind of we haven't dropped off that cliff yet. Right. So uh, I'm not gonna take a guy with upside talent here. I'm gonna take a guy with floor ability. I'm gonna take Julian. No, that seems kind of crazy, but in a second wide receiver, what I'm looking looking for is consistency of targets. I'm looking for high floors. Um, we talk about, I mean, like Cam Newton is like all the rage right now. He's in all the media, the huge comeback, his arms strong again. But you can't tell me that that guy's going to come out of the gate just throwing bombs down the field. He's going to have to get acquainted with the Patriots' way of doing things. Julian Edelman gets open in 10 yards. Um, I'm going to take that half point eight times a game. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, it's not the sexy pick, but I think it's a good pick. Um, Dalton, you're up next. Uh, again, similar board to Eli. You've got a lot of receivers. You've got a couple of running backs that I think you can maybe consider here. You've also got Tom Brady. I know how much you love Tom Brady this year. I don't love Tom Brady this year. Uh, <laughs> what I'm looking at here is I think that wide receiver is something I can placate my roster with throughout the season. So I'm going to take this opportunity to load up on running back. I've talked about him before. I think he's a guy who, if he comes back healthy, he's going to be good. Sony Michelle's my pick this round. I really think he provides a lot of upside on my roster, especially when I can put him on the bench and see how he turns out. Yeah, and, no, I, I don't mind getting him at this value at all. At the value that you like him at, I don't like. At this value, I think it's a good pick. And now we're getting into my real high upside pick. Uh, we're kind of flipping it around. I'm going to go running back again. But it's a run-first offense. This guy has a first-round draft capital. It's J.K. Dobbins. I think he's somebody mm-hmm. where if Mark Ingram doesn't return on efficiency or if Mark Ingram gets injured, he's a top five, top ten running back. You can kind of copy and paste what Evan was saying earlier about Jonathan Swift. I think J.K. Dobbins is a guy you can get later rounds and really do that with. Yeah, um, I think he's a guy. You mentioned the Ingram injury. I don't think it's impossible that he just flat wins the job at, at some point later in the season. And at this point in the draft, I mean, I don't mind it. It probably wouldn't be my pick. But again, I in the eighth round, you've got a lot of running back security. If you're looking for upside, that that's upside for sure. All righty. And now we are we're looking back at Eli at pick five in the eighth round. Eli, you're kind of getting to the point where it it's getting a little thin. You you better get <laughs> It's, you were at the point in the draft where like you better get like that last guy you feel good about because it, it's kind of downhill after this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, there's a couple of guys down there as far as running back goes uh, here in the next few picks. Um, I really am considering taking just to like get my fourth and get that just in case option. I love Philip Lindsay. He's never like he's never proven that he's bad. He's always done pretty well, even with competition vicinity however because i just took julian edelman um i do feel like i need to bolster a little more strength i think matt stafford is gonna have a monster year and marvin jones never puts up less than like eight to ten points on a pretty consistent basis Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with marvin jones yep very solid pick i was wondering if maybe drew Brees might might tempt you at that point but i forgot that you already took russell wilson so you're good to go as far as that goes so drew Brees, drew Brees, you called boring on the last podcast believe <laughs> hey um i think i was the one defending him out of the the two of us so i think it's, i think it's dalton you're looking for here dink and dunker and old i don't know what's exciting there 
I think he was like number oh, two in, in points per game in games that he played last year. That's exciting. Well, one one me some games down the stretch and uh, last year and I Dak is yeah, he, yeah. he still got it in the tank. Yeah, absolutely for sure. At this point, I am pretty shocked that Damian Williams is still on the board. I've already got four running backs. Hey, I don't I don't see the harm in going fifth running back here, really kind of consolidating that position. He's a guy that, for as much as I believe in Edwards Hilaire, I still think Damian Williams has a role. And if he gets eight, 10, 12 touches, he could uh he's a good flex, basically, at that point. He's a guy who's a high upside flex with I mean, you got running back with that with that many touches, it could be a solid floor. We know about that offense. We know about the production at the running back position when when it's humming. So I'm gonna take Damian Williams. All right, Johnny. We are All looking right. we are looking I, pretty thin. I think I'm gonna go with another running back here with Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones was my next guy, and as I mentioned earlier, I am a Ronald Jones believer. I think he has a chance to have a, a pretty good season um, this year for the Bucks. I, I always, I've always kind of liked the talent. It was weird the first year he was so terrible. Last year he really kind of stepped up. So you would hope to maybe see. I mean, he's a guy that you could you can envision a, a nice leap this year too. Yeah, I kind of like him on my bench as well after four other running backs, um, and then to start off the ninth. After uh, Jordan Howard was taken, I think I'm going to go quarterback here and I'm going to draft Carson once and hopefully he's healthy this year, but I, I like Carson in the ninth. All right, we'll see. And yes, boring Drew Brees is still on the board. So that is <laughs> that is who I'm going with at this point. <laughs> Even though I have Brees higher than Wentz, I think I would have taken Wentz just because I think Wentz has more upside. I mean, we've I'd, I'd mentioned Brees was the number two quarterback on a points per game basis. I think just over a full season though. I would take that upside, but you talk about the guaranteed points with Russell Wilson, 20 to 25 every week. I mean, that's how I feel about Drew Brees. And, you know, it's a nice little stack with with Kamara as my running back. I mean, those are going to be nice nice points when, when those two are humming. So I, I like that pick here. All right, we are, we're back to Eli. And at this point, Eli, this is kind of when we get into more of the, the dart throws. And you don't have a tight end yet, do you? This might be maybe uh, when Waller. you could be looking. You have, I, I oh, yeah, you have Waller. Yeah, that's right. You have Late Waller. Fifth, so, I took Waller. That's right. So you're probably you're looking at some dart throws here at running back and receiver. Um, mm-hmm. A guy like Mike Williams is still on the board. Latavius Murray. You could get the a, a guy on the Saints just to say you got a guy on the Saints. I mean, there, <laughs> there's some options here. So actually, my new strategy starting last year was that I don't take Saints, just don't heart attack. Um, in an alternative universe here, I probably would have taken a running back in the last round instead of taking Marvin Jones just to have my fourth kind of solid option off the bench. Um, and then maybe taking a potential and like Mike Williams or like I, I just saw CD Lamb win or like a Judy just because I love those kind of like, hey, let's give it a try. Um, ideally, I would like to get a fourth running back here. And it might seem kind of like a gross pick, but I'm going to go ahead and take Tevin Coleman. And most of that's just because of the Mostert news. Uh, and San Fran, that's an offense that moves regardless. So they're going to run the ball. A lot of guys are going to get touchdowns, whether or not they got two or three running backs, everybody's going to chip in. Tevin Coleman's a guy that I could stream, you know, on a random week just because I got a good feeling about his upside. Well, and you talk about earlier running backs having trade value. I mean, he's the ultimate, like, could have a huge game and sell. I mean, he's a guy that I could see trading for a lot more than he's he's worth at some point because you just, like you said, you never know who's going to be the guy necessarily to have the big game in that offense. Mm-hmm. But you like having the running back who is getting the carries on that team. That's for sure. All right, Dalton, who are we thinking here? 
So this is probably the third round in a row. I've dropped a little lower on ADP to take the guy I really want here. Uh, that's kind of how you draft, though. That's all. That's always how you roll. So well, and I think when you get stuck at the turn, you kind of get mm-hmm. you have to reach a little bit. I'm going to take Preston Williams. Uh, Preston Williams is a guy in a Chan Gailey offense. The last time Chan Gailey had two quality wide receivers, it was uh, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. I think Preston Williams fills the Eric Decker big body, good receiver role. In eight games before his injury last year, he had 60 targets and 428 yards and three touchdowns. So this late in the draft, you're looking for a guy who can prove some some potential um, and really turn it out for you. Uh, and I'm going to stack on wide receiver here and going back to the New York Giants, they're getting a lot of love from you this draft. But Sterling Shepard's another guy who performs yearly. He's lower in the draft because there's a little injury concern with him. Yeah, you you have the concussions are really racking up on your roster, I have to say. Well, we just hope that these guys stay healthy at this point. You're taking dart mm-hmm. throws, but he's a proven talent when he's on the field, and I'm going to take that chance on him. Yep, I agree. If if he's playing, he's probably a top 36 receiver just any given week in the rankings. I agree. I think he's a good guy, too, to have on your bench as long as you can slot him in here and there. Yep, yep, agreed, as long as he's actually healthy when you need him. Um, Eli, um, back, back up to you here. You still have Latavius Murray staring you down if you want to break the Saints. Oh, no, man. Um, other, otherwise, I mean, you're, you're looking at, like, a dart throw. It's like Jerry Judy. You could take the receiver who's actually healthy for the Giants and Golden Tate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, otherwise, it's a lot of tight ends and, uh, and quarterbacks, which you already have. So I'm curious to see what you're going with here. So I love targets, but I don't love targets without yards. Okay, Golden Tate. So I'm going to pass on that one. I think you hit it right on the head with the Jerry G um, one. So I've got all these guys that aren't sexy at wide receiver. I've got Marvin Jones. I've got Julian Edelman. I've got a floor intact there. Um, here's where I either take a second tight end where I could hog him up with Austin Hooper or Hawkinson. I know you guys talked about, um, but I'm going to definitely take Judy just because I don't have anybody that stands out beyond OBJ. And let's say Judy, the early first round talent starts blowing up by week four or five in that offense. Like I've got a wide receiver too, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm up next here. Noah Fant is a guy that if I didn't already have Cortland Sutton, I would probably be taking here. I do like Fant as a kind of mid round flyer at tight end. I think he has a ton of upside, but I think just my team upside as a whole is kind of limited if I have Sutton and and Fant go trotting out there on a week to week basis. I'm gonna go with uh, the the former Iowa teammate to Noah Fant. I'm gonna go to TJ Hawkinson here um, with this pick. I, I think Hawkinson. I mean, people forget he was a top ten, top twelve pick coming out of Iowa. He had a lot of injuries last year. We know that rookie tight ends almost never produce at a high level. Um, I think he's the superior prospect to to Noah Fant. I think that if Stafford's healthy the whole year, I think you could see a pretty big year from Hawkinson. And the great thing about taking a tight end here is you can cut him after three weeks if it doesn't work. All right, Johnny, who are we looking at here? I know Golden Tate's been your guy a lot. I I really do want to pick Golden Tate here, (laughs) but I I think I'm kind of staring down. Sammy Watkins is probably coming up. Uh, I was either thinking between Latavius Murray, another running back, or the rookie from LSU, Justin Jefferson. Uh, I just kind of like Justin Jefferson with like digs out of Minnesota, and I don't really think there's a real definitive number two on the Vikings team. So I think Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen would pair well. 
So uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson here. All right, I like the pick. He's you know we talked about with Jerry Judy. He's another one of those high upside guys. And after Thielen, there's not really a clear guy there. So you could see you could see some potential there for for the rookie. Absolutely. I mean, Mason Rudolph does have some upside there, but I don't think he'll get Kyle. Kyle. Down. Mason Mason Rudolph is the gentleman who got <laughs> hit uh, with a helmet. Rudolph's uh, it's just that's why Johnny produced very confusing <laughs> all righty then all right Johnny not not to not to get you too frazzled but you're up again here so I hope hope you got your second pick in order I do not um I was either thinking between <laughs> either Golden Tate maybe a Hunter Henry pick here Hunter I'm not Henry. sure what I want to do Hunter Henry has fallen drastically in this he really has I think Dalton you, do you have a tight end yet I do I have Evan Ingram I, I think that's the that's the why he's still on the board is probably you and Eli and Johnny all went tight end early. So, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of times tight end and, and quarterback with the computer in these drafts, they, they can really fall. That's true. I think, I think I'm going to go with uh, Hunter Henry as a, as a draft pick in the 11th. All right, Hunter Henry, definitely a high, high upside guy. Another, if he can just ever stay healthy. Obviously, that situation is different there now with uh, – Tarod Taylor. I still think it should be Tyrod Taylor, but that's neither neither here nor there. Uh Tarod Taylor, um, the rookie might be coming in at some point and and playing this year. So who knows what's gonna happen there, but I like the talent. I like the pick, Johnny. Tyrod can sling it. Don't sleep on Tyrod. Tyrod, he, sorry. He can. He also <laughs> likes to dump it down a lot too. So that could maybe be helpful for a tight end. Who knows? Um, anyway, so we are at, at the 11th round at this point, just three, um, bench spots left at this point. I'm, I'm just looking upside. And when I'm thinking about upside, I look at guys like Tony Pollard, who have Zeke were to go down, could, could be a big time contributor. I look at someone like, even though I already have a tight end and Dallas Goddard, who I don't have to draft be my starter, but if something were to happen to Ertz, or if he just gets a bigger role than expected, I mean, that could be a major asset. So those are kind of the two. Also, um, McCole Harbin, if he would have been on the board here, would have been under high consideration at this point. Jalen Rager would be another one for me I'm looking at here. I think just um, for the sake of going running back, I'm going Pollard. Like I, like I said before, just if Zeke were to go down, something were to happen there. In the year of coronavirus, we, ne- we, we don't know um, what availability is going to be like on a week-to-week basis. I mean, this guy could be a week winner at any point in the season. All right, Eli back up with the eighth pick in the 11th round. Eli, where are we going here? All right, I could go back up tight end, although I think it'll swing back my way, especially with uh, Seki, Fant, and Goddard, who I, I really love Goddard talent-wise. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take Duke Johnson. Uh, and it's crazy, and he's probably going to end up on the waivers in week three, but <laughs> I'd rather stack my roster with a handcuff um, for David Johnson right now. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's filling a space, but at least if David Johnson goes down, I know I've got another backup running back that I could play at the flex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I've, I've got to wonder if Alexander Madison would have been the guy here, if he would have still been on the board. Cause he's, he's in this range as far as ranked ranked players. Is he still, I'm looking around. He, no, 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 he's not. He's not say, on the it's board. Kind of, it's kind of interesting which running backs have actually popped off here in the, mm-hmm. the last couple, but. Yeah, it's not sexy by any means, but Duke Johnson, and who knows, maybe I can trade him for a top-tier running back that's holding out. <laughs> You're funny. Uh, okay, Dalton, I think, are you the only one without a quarterback at this point? Yep, you, you hit are. The, 
you hit the nail on the head there. I think this is why it pays to wait on quarterback. I have Matt Stafford as my QB9. Before he got injured last season, he was the QB6. He had a couple 400-yard games. He has the weapons. He's a slinger. He's fun to watch. So he's definitely the guy I'm taking here. I think he's going to be an easy QB1 week in and week out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you you get swing back around to you again. So you're looking at you could go back up tight end because we all know you have a very injury-prone tight end at at this moment. Or you could take some some upshot swings with like Jalen Rager. I wonder about a guy like Joe Burrow just at this point if if anybody would consider just taking him and just waiting waiting to see what happens. I think there are some definitely interesting guys on the board, um, but I think you hit up the, the nail on the head again, Evan. Uh, we're spending a little too much time drafting together because Jalen Rieger <laughs> is the guy I'm taking here. Uh, it's, an, it's a high upside pick. He could be the number one wide receiver option out of a high-passing offense, and Carson Wentz can hit, hit his guys when they're open. So he's somebody who could really return value. And I'm definitely looking for some home run hitters at wide receiver with my running back heavy draft. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then Eli, I believe this will be the last uh, position player. So I'm assuming, like Dalton, you're probably hunting for upside. And if you can make your way through the kickers and defenses that have started to pop up, yeah. you might be able to find some. I'm just looking at my list here really quick. One, two, three, four. All right, so I've got four receivers, and I'm there's never a world in which I absolutely need five. I'm kind of tempted to take Curtis Samuel here, just because I know the game that Teddy Bridgewater plays, and I like that. Mm-hmm. You know that when healthy, Curtis Samuel could be a nice slot receiver, and Bridgewater likes to dink and dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the Rugs pick, who was a early first round, even though he might not be anything. But I'm going to go ahead and get a uh, backup tight end, uh, just in case Waller were to get hurt. He's a big body. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Goddard. Yeah, I, I like the pick, and we've, we've talked about Goddard on the show already. I think he, if anything were to happen to Zach Ertz, I think he's immediately a top five tight I mean, end. Even with Zach Ertz healthy, Goddard is a guy they look for. in the. Yeah, and I mean, they, they could very easily, you could easily see them go the two tight end stuff again. I think last year when it happened, it was more out of necessity, more right. out of Deshaun Jackson's not here, Alshon Jeffrey's not here. Like, we just got to get people on the field who can play, basically. But you could see something less extreme happen this year and still get production out of Goddard, no doubt. I think he's a really talented player. And so now I'm down on my last position pick. And if you're, if you're just looking at upside, I mean, you mentioned rugs. Um, you mentioned is Samuel still on the board. He is still on the board. I've heard the argument. I don't know whether or not I buy into this, that um, if you want to handcuff, handcuff McCaffrey, uh, Curtis Samuel is kind of the guy to do that with. I think that's interesting, but I'm not not totally sure I buy that, but just wanted to say that that's out there. I, I've heard that discussion on other podcasts. For me, I think I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers. I mean, you just talk, think about Debo Samuel. I think we talked about him last week. Probably going to be missing six weeks. He'll have a definite chance to prove himself. And uh, again, just an upside pick. I actually lied. I have one more position player after that, after Johnny makes his two picks. Yeah, with the uh, end of the 12th, I'm kind of, I'd say I'm kind of glad seeing Golden Tate down here with just being a veteran, <laughs> veteran wide receiver. I think I'm going to pick him rather than some rookie running back or rookie wide receivers. So I'm going to go Golden Tate here. All right, John, the trouble with the end of the round picks is you're back on the board again. I can see the wheels turning. Yeah, I'm, I'm like spiraling. I I was thinking <laughs> Thir- about 13th picking 13th round. A- you made it a long way to that spiraling. <laughs> 
I'm I like Adrian Peterson here, but like his like picture on Fantasy Pro is just like <laughs> it just looks like he's like mad at me. <laughs> The picture, the, the picture. Okay, uh, the like picture, he might right? beat you with a belt or something. No, no I'm I'm not impl- implying that <laughs> at all. But I'll uh, I'll pick him so he doesn't get mad at me. Uh, okay, you know earlier I mentioned I was gonna go Noah Fant, but I decided not to just because of the the Sutton situation. But at this point, he's the highest upside guy I still see on the board. I'm pretty surprised he's still here. I'm gonna go Noah Fant and. I don't usually roll with the double tight end leaving the draft, but I just think he fell too far, quite frankly. So are all you guys going straight positional players and avoiding being kicker? Or oh, I mean. Is that just your draft philosophy? That I generally don't take a defense or kicker until the right. last two rounds. Okay. Uh, I know. I mean, I know you guys talk about, you know, this is an offense positional player podcast. Uh, however, I did like last year when I took a defense that I could count on. Yeah, well, um, the Patriots, the Patriots a, defense was like an actual like star offensive line. player for the first six or I eight did, weeks. I did have one other defense on my team towards the end of the year um, that I would occasionally sub out the Patriots defense for, and I, th- I know it's crazy to have two Ds, but I really like to optimize my bench. Yeah, the Ravens, uh, right? I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens here again. Yep. I love John Harbaugh. They always have a great pass rush. Uh, Marcus Peters, touchdown monster. Uh, they always find a way to put up points. So I'd rather get those like, and I never count in defense as far as like what I need out of each, like, you know, points per week. But if I can get icing on the cake and get 10 points to 15 points certain weeks with the Ravens, I'm going to go ahead and take it. Mm-hmm. I just want to say I'm impressed with the discipline of the computer. There's not been a kicker yet taken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely different than our draft. And only four sure. D's, only four D's and no kickers. Yeah. Yeah. Only that was the fourth defense off the board. You have the Niners, Steelers. Ravens and the Patriots off the board. The Bills are still there. I think I might take them over the Patriots. But uh, okay, Dalton, I, are you down to just defense kicker at this point? I still have one position slot available. Okay. And at this point in the draft, you're looking at who's available, and I have two options. I could take a backup tight end for Evan Ingram. Uh, we've harped on his injury history previously. <laughs> I like Jonu Smith where he's at. However, what I want to do here, and I talked about this when I talked about Sony Michelle. So I want to lock up the backfield of New England. If Sony Michelle's not the guy who's getting the first and second down carries, I think Damian Harris is the guy. So I'm going to take Damian Harris, and that's just so I know I have a backfield lockdown. And if I Sony Michelle goes down or just isn't the guy I want him to be, Damian Harris is the return on value, and I think he's still somebody who could be just as exciting. You know Rex Burkhead, like Frank Gore, is still eternal. Well, I am on the matter that Damian... <laughs> is a guy who they took early in the third round two years ago, and he's going to learn that Belichick offense. And I did. Rex Burkhead is somebody who I've rostered before, and I can't do it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not suggesting the roster Rex Burkhead by by any means. He'll have three good games and then miss, miss four games. But, okay, now, so I think Eli has one position player left. The rest of us is just defense and kicker. So we can power through those. Dalton, just go ahead and make make your pick. You can tell us who it is if you want. If not, it's the Bills. I was going to say, yeah, Bills are probably the clear choice if you're looking at defense there. Eli, you do have one position player left, so I'd like to hear who you are looking at if, uh, yeah, if anybody. I kind of like seeing what sprinkles through the cracks just so I can pick up towards the end of it. talked about Curtis Samuel earlier, but that's, I mean, that's a guy I could get on the waivers. I'm going to go ahead and take another running back. 
I don't love him, but I'm going to take Justin Jackson just because there's potential there if Eckler goes down or Mm -hmm. you never know how they're going to split reps between those guys this year. Yeah, I mean, Eckler's not a workhorse by any means, so I do think that Jackson is probably, I mean, I know Joshua Kelly is around too, but I could see Jackson as a guy who is at least involved, and if Eckler goes down, then you can probably feel pretty confident that he's at least going to be part of the contingency plan for sure. Okay, so back around the me. Yeah, back back around the me at at this point, just defense and kicker. Oh, my boy Butker is off the board. That's pretty upsetting. Eli mentioned the Saints defense earlier. I'll I'll go with the Saints. Who knows if they're going to get the advantage of the home dome this year with everything going on, but I like that defense. Run defense is strong. Lattimore is a stud. Go with defense here and pick the Vikings. All right, and then Johnny gets to be the first tick kicker. What an honor. Johnny, I can't believe you're going to let Sammy Watkins go undrafted. Oh, well, I, now I might pick him. I can pick up a kicker. <laughs> I think you have to leave the draft with a with the full roster. Oh, all right. Well, I think I'm gonna take Robbie Gould. I was thinking about taking Will Lutz, but he went a pick before me. Okay, this is to the unexciting portion of the draft. <laughs> I I guess I'll I'm, I don't know. Young Hoku is still sitting there. It's kind of tempting. Zane Gonzalez. Yeah, there's. There's not much exciting here. I'll I'll go with Prater. I'll go with the dome. Yeah, I don't even care at this point. I'm just gonna take <laughs> slide. I'm just gonna take slide dog because I had an ongoing carrying my team, and I I'm pretty sure they're gonna hit, kick field goals in Carolina this year. Slide dog was a monster. He fell off a cliff there for a bit, but yeah, he was he a monster for a while. Well, I'm glad I'm the last pick of the draft here of us because I want to give some really intricate details on why I'm picking Brandon McManus as my kicker. <laughs> oh, I forgot you're the, you're, you're the kicker whisperer. I, I know we're going long on the pod, but I just want to talk about how as an – I got a B-minus in that draft. That is Ooh. horrible. <laughs> mine, mine isn't showing a grade. It's just saying out of 100. Yeah, mine's grayed out. You, so you guys you, got you didn't even F. qualify. Yeah. Oh, if you if you click on go to standings, then I'll show you. Uh, I got okay. a B, eighty six out of one hundred. Beat you, Dalton. So, Johnny again with the best draft, quote unquote draft of of any of us. It looks like Johnny I got an eighty eight and ADP. What did Johnny get? <laughs> I don't know, but he's like the number one projected standings. Uh, I got ninety seven. A plus. You draft Saquon, they give you a ninety. <laughs> no, that that's because, like Dalton said, John, Johnny Johnny loves him some ADP. So if you t- if you take ADP on the website, the website's gonna grade you high. It is but what it is. For all of our loyal listeners out there, if you go to our pod, our Twitter account at half point per pod, we're gonna put this draft up and let you vote on which of the four of us had the best draft. We know who it is. Uh, so Team Willie, you can vote that right now. Team twelve. Yeah, team I'm gonna 12. put Team twelve as an option. That's offensive. <laughs> I mean, Team 12 technically ranked overall higher than Dawn. Guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. We really appreciate you coming on as our first guest. It was great. Mock draft is always fun. First time I've done a mock draft like this, so this has been really fun. Not quite the real thing, but pretty close. Pretty good time. Um, that is going to do it for us today on episode three of the Half Point Per Podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter at Half Point Per Pod. Like Dalton said, we are going to tweet out the screenshot of that draft board. You can vote. Tell us who has the best team. Tell us why I won. Tell us why Dalton's team is the worst out of all of us. All Things of that nature. Our show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Obviously, most notably, you can find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. If you leave an actual review, we might read it on the pod if it's actually podcast appropriate. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. See you next week.